0: In school, when I'd done drama, there was a lot of mockery towards me, and that put me off all of it. Completely ruined my confidence and self-esteem. But, like, the lecture was, like, so into it, we thought, like, at some point, maybe he's, like, actually, like, really wanting this.
1: Like the classics I've seen, like, Back to the Future, Mean Girls. He replied, well, my boyfriend likes it when I put my ankles around my neck. All of this and more, coming up on Drama School Dropout. Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week it's episode 145 and I am joined by an absolutely amazing actor who I just had the privilege of working with in a brand new play called Alba and someone who I now class as a very good friend. Please welcome to the podcast, Christopher Nickel.
0: Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama
1: school dropout, thought you whole course now. Try something new. Drama school dropout. Welcome to the podcast. How are we? I
0: am fantastic. How's your thing?
1: I'm good. I feel like we've seen each other five minutes ago. Yeah,
0: we almost did. That's but it's cute. been like nearly a week. Sad. <laughs> I have. I have in person. It feels like a long time ago, to be
1: honest. For context, for everyone listening, um, I was about to call you Paul there um chris and i have just done um a play together called alba and um we're going to go to the fringe we're going to talk about that in a bit but um if you want to come and see the the pair of us at the fringe um one of us is playing the lead role i'll let you figure that out um ticket links are in the show notes below so come along and see us second to the 13th of august at um gilded balloon um but yeah like i mean i would guess we'll talk about it um we've literally <laughs> just come out of the theatre. Um, It was mad. It was fucking mad. How did you find it? Because especially as well, you've sort of, you're still in drama school and it was your first time playing a lead and it was, it was a big show for you. Like you had a lot of shit to do.
0: Yeah. I feel like for it have been kind of my first time to a bigger audience, so I done Laramie Project before it. That was maybe about 50 seats per night. It was in the Scottish theater, yeah. so it was it was a lot smaller. So coming out, um, I had the kind of initial shock over doing it to an audience because I did the Laramie Project before, but it was mainly when I came out and I knew all these eyes were on me. It was like, focus on the stage, don't look at the audience, and... Keep, keep your composure as much as possible. But yeah, it, it was an amazing experience, I think, for myself. And, and a huge one, I think. With that experience, I can progress more confidently into more roles um, yeah. and not go stage right.
1: I was um I remember sitting in the theatre, and I had a lot of sitting about to do during this show, and you were sort of panicking. I think it was after we'd done the first dress run and you were like, I don't want to be able to see anyone. Can, can... And I was like, it's fine. The stage lights come on and you can't see past the second row, right? I hadn't even been out on the stage at this point, right? But I was just trying to calm you down and I went out and I was like, fuck, I can see the whole audience. And I've just told this boy, like, you can't see past the third row. And I was like, fuck.
0: (laughs) When uh, when I experienced that, when you were like, yeah, you can't see past the second row, I was like, yeah, yeah, with the lights and that, you were like, yeah. So I went out and I was like, see everybody.
1: Yeah, I I was like, sorry, Chris. I've. But normally, like literally, the huge is that you can't see past like the second row, and that's why any show that I ever put on, I always put my parents b- beyond the second row,
0: like the right to the back,
1: because my parents are waivers. My
0: name, Vladimir. It was my mom was exact same the whole time. She was just like nodding, and slamming like that, and just waving. And I was like, stop. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. you could
1: laughs> it's not my primary school nativity mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what I do like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast, especially I think it's going to be quite interesting talking to you about it, because um, if you don't know Chris, you won't know that he has a degree in computer science, but how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Because how did you so- make the jump from computer science to acting.
0: So I think for myself, I think the jump definitely came from, so in school I really enjoyed acting, I think the difficult thing around it was because I grew up in like quite a poverty stricken scheme. It was very like, you know, you go, if you're a girl you go into hair and makeup, and if you're a guy you go into like some sort of trade, like building or something like that. That was it. If you've done anything out of that you're kind of outcast as like a gimp or a freak or whatever it was. in school when I done drama, there was a lot of mockery towards me and that put me off of it. Completely ruined my confidence and self esteem. So when I came out of that, I done social science for a year as well. And I just basically was trying things that I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Mm. And then when I went to drama, um, after computing science, I went to drama because I was like, it's something that I've always enjoyed, but I've just been too scared to Fully enjoy it. I kind of just went headfirst in and, and went for it. Mm. Um, my first role would have been back in school, though. in national pie would it have been. I think it would have been Blood Brothers, one of the. One of the yeah.
1: Love better than um, Willie Russell. But
0: that was that. That was probably my first like proper thing that I can remember back. There's probably more before that, but probably that's mm. what I remember.
1: And do you know what I've totally discovered? Like, I mean, I already knew it, but the especially the Scottish acting industry is so small everybody knows everyone so like i remember sitting one night with the absolute fabulous lynn milverna and she was talking about um a show that she's doing in a couple of months and i was like i know this this play like where have i heard of this play and i was like ah do you know angela gascoigne who is the stage manager for this is where we get off and also sweet for addicts who um are producing the play that lynn's in so lynn and then so I knew Lynn through that way. And then I was sort of stalking your Instagram like when we first sort of all got and I was like, Is that the school uniform that I used to wear? Um so I I think I texted you and I was like, Did you go here? And I was like, What a small world, your drama teacher has just played my mum in this is where we get off. Like everybody knows everyone.
0: Yeah. I think I think that to be honest, it is crazy knowing that everybody can link some some way somewhere. Um you know, even even knowing that you did used to go up Moscow was a bit baffling to me. Well,
1: I only went there for a year and then I fucked off to Newcastle. If Tanya, if you're listening to this, I felt really like, not conflicted, but with you being an ex student of Tanya's, and I've never known Tanya in the, the teacher sort of way, like she's never been my teacher. I've sort of been like calling her Miss McDonald to you. <laughs> and like, it's so weird as well, just because like me and Tanya like know each other as like adults. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been yeah. like th- thinking like, well, while we're talking like about stories, and I'm like, I can't tell that story. That's her ex.
0: <laughs> it's um, the thing is though with Miss McDonald, she was probably. I'd probably say one of one of the best teachers to me. And and you were saying how he's had that very adult bond. means was very it was a very motherly bond with yeah. Miss McDonald. I um, see um,
1: that with Ta- see, you, like I'm I'm trying to call her Miss McDonald like Tanya now. Tanya, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to call her Tanya, but I'm sort of like, Oh, that's Miss McDonald. Um <laughs> so Tanya, if you're listening, all of your stories are safe. I have not told Chris any of them. Um <laughs> but like you no, know, everybody just fucking knows everyone and it's a bit scary. Yeah.
0: But I think I think as well it's as 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 well as it being scary. I think it's definitely a very good thing to have, unless you hate some bastards and you know you're all linked together. I, I
1: I wouldn't know how that feels to not like somebody and then have to work with them. I, I would not know how that feels. I think we'll talk about that after the fringe. So you don't want it to be uncomfortable, do you know what I mean? I don't think they listen to this. They might cause it's you. um, but like, they're not listening for me. do you know what I mean? but that was that was horrible. that like, and there's a story behind that that I can't tell until after the fringe cause yes. some people will give me into trouble. I mentioned it um briefly earlier that you were still in drama school and stuff. And one of my favorite things to talk about is drama school because it's a fucking. Mad place. Like shit goes on behind those doors that people wouldn't believe. Do you have a crazy or funny story that you can share with us from your time at drama school?
0: I mean, those lords. I think, I think, mine. wait, there, did
1: we even finish the last point of. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we started talking about Tanya and then I told you that story and then I was like, let's change the the topic. What was the. And about first acting? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. You told us what your first role was. So yeah, do you have any funny or crazy stories you can share with us?
0: So very, when I first came into acting, at least when I was doing my HNC, it was a very nice environment for about the first two days. And then it became...
1: For context, for everyone that's not in Scotland listening, your HNC is sort of your equivalent to an A-level and it's sort of that uh, period in between secondary education and uh, university.
0: Yeah, so for me, it was um, going into it in like my first year in acting. It was very, it very toxic very quickly like people were turning on each other, people were saying all these like horrible things that just weren't true, people were exposing secrets, and to me I was like, wow, like this is, this is a big jump, you know, from going from somewhere like computing science, where everyone just keeps to themselves, and you go out for an odd meal, and everyone's really awkward and introverted, and don't look at each other, and then go into a massive chase to drama, where everyone's like so connected, so it was just kind of a tumbleweed of toxicity, there is, there is like good moments in it, obviously, I think, my funniest part during all of this was when I was doing my first audition for the Conservatoire and I had my girlfriend, no joke, for probably about three, four hours just sitting recording me doing the same two monologues over and over and over. So she knows them both off by heart now.
1: Is- <laughs> <laughs> She's also auditioning for the Conservatoire next year. <laughs> Dra- drama school, it- it's so so mad, and I I was thinking last night, and I was just like, have I... I think I've officially ran out of drama school stories. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I I really do think I have. I mean, there's one left, but I don't think I want to tell it. Why not? Because I'm still (laughs) friends with... I'm I'm really good friends Ah, with the person that it it revolves around, and I don't think they'd appreciate me telling the story.
0: (laughs) That's understandable. (laughs) But...
1: Drama school, man. It, the, the, those people need to be studied. I
0: think with a lot of this stuff, if you were walking past a drama class and you just close your eyes and listen, you'd you'd be... One... Concerned.
1: <laughs> concerned and worried. Yeah. You'd probably phone the police.
0: Yeah, and the army. My, yeah.
1: my favourite ones were when you came in and they were like, right, it's Monday morning, everyone. Um, please lie on the floor and think about a dead relative and try and cry. Please.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just me my head. So... Do you know the Laramie Project, what it's about? Yeah. So at the end of the course, um, when we were doing our final three of pieces, we had a large circle and we were like, Okay guys, this is the final show, let's all gather hands, close our eyes and look down. He's like, We're gonna throw some names around here to get rid of these characters. So obviously Matthew Shepard is a real boy who passed away. Yeah. So we were throwing names in like um Rob Debris, goodbye, like and that was like the police officer. And then we went, and let's not forget Rest in peace to the poor boy that was tied to the pole, Matthew Sheffield. And everybody's like, trying not to laugh. And we're like, do we laugh? Do we not? <laughs> that
1: seems highly insensitive.
0: Yeah, it
1: was. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information.
0: <laughs> well, when um, we were doing the, um, like the, the roles, so we had like a lot of homophobia, obviously, because in um, Wyoming, that's kind of a lot yep. where was whole controversial stem from um, and because you know it's acting you have to add your own parts to script. so we had like people like going down with the gays it but like the lecture was like so into it we thought like at some point maybe he's like actually like really wanting this like he was like properly into it but
1: yeah he's trying to start his own revolution um a question that i love to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is If a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, listen, I want to do a two-hander with you in the West End, but I don't know who I want to put you with, and you can pick anyone in the world, but they have to be alive, who are you picking to be your scene partner? You know,
0: I think I would probably go Harrison Ford.
1: Rude that you didn't pick me, but okay.
0: you're in a strong second i think i think harrison ford just because of how much like the, in the indiana jones movies were like that's just staple in my childhood yeah and, and i think it would be like you know it's one of those things when actors go oh my god they got to like meet my legend and stuff but like if i got to like perform with harrison ford that'd be like yeah
1: do you want to hear something crazy from an actor
0: tell me something crazy from an actor ingram
1: i've never seen indiana jones
0: what have you played the lego games no oh you're a fucking madman to play the lego games at least
1: lots of films i haven't seen i've never seen like um what's the one where they get out of the prison shawshank Redemption. like i don't watch films
0: well i've never i've never seen i think a popular one that Uh, people expect me always see is, like, Game of Thrones. I've never seen
1: Game of Thrones. I've never seen, like, The Green Mile. I've never seen that. Lots of things. Like, people look at me like they want to hit me when I say some of these things. Like, the classics I've seen, like, Back to the Future, Mean Girls.
0: I mean, I would say Shawshank is a classic, but, you
1: know... I was being funny. (laughs) (laughs) Mean Girls is not a classic. Yes, it
0: is. Yes, it is.
1: Oh, stop trying to make fetch happen. Um, (laughs) I... I have to carry on my campaign and I have to say Catherine Tate. Oh, okay. Me and Catherine okay. Tate, little two hander. I think it'd yeah. be good. She'd make me look like shit, but I'm at peace with it. I see
0: that, I see that. That'd be good.
1: It would be fun. It would be fun. <laughs> Literally, at the time of recording last week, we were in the theatre. We're in the theatre, darling, performing. If anybody came to see it, I hope you enjoyed the show. But we were doing um, a brand new play called *Alba* by Jack Byrne and Jordan Howard. Um, one of us was the lead role, um, the young, um, sixteen-year-old, um, who is grappling with all of their life decisions. I can't imagine who would have been better to play that—you or I. Um, oh. I don't even know if that's correct English, but here we are. Um, what was the audition process like for you?
0: So my audition process was literally as simple as Jack messaging me, saying that he wants me to audition for the role because he thinks I'll sit there. I audition for it. Next day I hear back, you've got it. And I was like, "Hey!" Wow, fuck um,
1: you, Jack. You made me do Zooms.
0: <laughs> so means was literally... Because I knew, I knew Jack previously from mm-hmm. when he'd done loving information yeah and this was before i actually got intact and so i was still studying computer science at the time but at that point i was like geez like i want to do something good with my life like what can i do so messaged laurie who was part of the Do you know laurie no no so she was part of the casting and i knew her from school and um, so i was like how did you get into this how did you get on stage and stuff so she put me to jack so that is how i met jack then we went to like uh went to what was it it's Theatre Scotland, I think so. And we done like a kind of free day, whatever it's called. Like,
1: Is that the one that the guy from The uh, The Apprentice runs?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, so we went there, I was going to meet Bethany, Jack, and I think that was it. Maybe Neve was there, I don't remember fully. Um, met there, and then I hadn't spoke to Jack for probably about seven, eight months, maybe even longer than that. Um, And he just gave me another message and was like, have you seen I've made this thing? I think you'd be good for it. Do you want to apply? And I was like, Sure. They went, learn well, in a safety pin. And it was just the, it was parts of the um, second last monologue when I'm standing up and skewing.
1: I had to do the, um, the, um, I've already forgotten all of my lines. I had to do the, um, the no, I didn't, I didn't know that there was a rap involved until I, uh, they offered me the part. Had I known that from the off, I probably, as much as I've enjoyed doing the show, I have such a phobia of doing anything musically on stage. Like it makes me want to die, so I probably wouldn't have auditioned for the show had I known there was a rap in it.
0: I mean, you done phenomenal. I wouldn't.
1: I mean, done. that's a lie. But thank you. I, um, no, you
0: did. I like. I like when you kept Becca overhead of it 19 times <laughs> in the last show. <laughs> Stop laughing! You get was off. So,
1: for context, so I had an inflatable mic during a scene. I had to do that, but for my audition, I had to do the the whole. Um, Michael, we're not doing your rap that that bit before we go into the rap. And I remember um Sam McGowan, also guest of the podcast, episode sixty something, she um read for me while I did the self tape, and I was so over this self tape. Like, I don't know why. I just couldn't get the tone right. And I was like, fuck it, we're doing one more run and I'm done. And I thought it was actually the worst self tape I've ever produced, right? I was like, there is absolutely I was like, Jack's my friend right? But there's absolutely no way I'm getting this role. So I don't know whether it was just down to the fact that nobody else auditioned for Mr Lindale, or if Jack was like, oh, he's my friend, I can't tell him no, but I really thought my audition tape for this was shit.
0: I mean, to be honest, Ingram, I thought you'd have... See, do you know how many compliments like I had from from you, just outside of like, not compliments from you, compliments to you, from, like, people outside of our Like I was so good. So many people, like, my friends and stuff, you haven't seen, like, as a favourite. Because I
1: think, because I was so scared of it, and, like, if... Listen, I'll talk about it, right? I, I don't know if it's my place to talk about it, but I'm fucking talking about it. There's this part... So this whole scene, right, scene seven of the play, is, like, my scene. like That is where... You see me the most. So there's this bit fucking clicking in time to a a little musical thing. I can't click in time, apparently. Right. So eventually we cut the clicking and I just made it all up. Right. What I was doing. And the, the rap is also in time. And literally the day, the day of the show right opening day we do a dress run in the sort of afternoon and i just told myself you're here you can't back out of it because you're gonna fuck everyone over if you do right so just go out there you don't the only person that i i knew two people in the audience that opening night one one of whom is my best friend and has seen me do some shit right she has seen me do Dog shit acting And the other one is my stage manager Who has never really seen me act So it's fine So I was just like Go out there and just Fuck it Have fun Just Don't worry about looking like a dickhead And do you know what helped me massively We had such a good audience That they got so involved and reacted I couldn't hear the track Yeah So I couldn't hear it So I just did whatever the fuck I wanted
0: I mean it worked in your favour It did No it did
1: Everybody loved
0: it, everybody was laughing. Uh, that was I think that was the biggest shot for me though, because the audience was so strong in the first night. On the second night at the start, it was super slow and I was like, Oh no. I
1: didn't get one laugh during Rabby B during the second night.
0: I mean you got you got the biggest laugh from me. I can not man, I was like trying so hard to the, Well, the, the first
1: night I almost broke character up during that rap Ooh. because I was like, I'm gonna hit someone with the mic. Like I have a big inflatable pink mic. I was like, I'm going to hit someone with the mic. And I just, I don't know what happened, right? I was just in it. I was in it too hard. I turned around and I swung the mic. And when I tell you I couldn't hear the track that was blaring through speakers, but I heard that mic hit Becca's face and bounce off. And I was like, oh, that was a bit too hard, Ingram. That was a bit too hard. I
0: love that it was such a huge surprise. Isn't it? I
1: was like, oh my God, but it went wrong. Because I, I told... I told Brandon that I was gonna hit him, but then the way the seats were set out, I couldn't get to him like naturally.
0: God, I, know it was over face. I was like, oh
1: my god. And I felt so bad. It was fucking horrible. Um but then she was like, Do it again, do it again. <laughs> I
0: mean the thing was, if you felt that bad, you've done it the eight times a second thing, you just get going, and going. going. The second
1: time, the second night, I, I went to swing it as hard as I did the first night and missed her.
0: I seen it. When you like threw the back and then you messed and you went and it just did like,
1: yeah. again and I moved a little bit closer to her and went boom right in the face. Um, but I didn't do it as hard. Obviously, we've been we've been rehearsing this show for what two? We started rehearsals the day after my birthday, so like two months, sort of, sort of. Um, what has been your favorite behind the scenes moment?
0: There's a lot, but I think. My favorite one would probably be when we're all singing outside, or when, <laughs> or or when in um, the context, young. I
1: just stuck my fingers up.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and when you say this story, can you just say someone, not his name?
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, good. When when uh, someone put his um, his teeth out when he was doing like the reporter scene. So he was like, and I I was
1: outside smoking when this happened.
0: I couldn't breathe. I literally couldn't breathe. Like, I was on the floor. Have you seen the video of me on the floor? Like, I couldn't breathe. Like, it was so funny.
1: I think my favorite behind the scenes moment, and there was only me and Becca present for this, right? (laughs) So we had a lovely cast member called LJ, who I absolutely adore with my whole heart. But God, he's hard work, right? He basically needs mothered, right? So we're on the train. I think we were going to rehearsals. <laughs> Me, Becca, and LJ are on the train. And we're talking about things that happened in our lives. And LJ was talking about something. And he was like, I just don't find ginger Mills attractive. At Like the top of his voice. And kept saying it and kept saying it. And I would kept trying to interrupt to get him to shut up. And eventually I just had to point to a man sat across from us who was a ginger male. And LJ is fully like, I just don't find ginger males attractive. And then I was like, wow, wow.
0: Oh and then
1: he said to you that you weren't ginger. That was fun. <laughs> um, but I think like another one was, I was sat in the the dressing room, if you can call it that. And um we were listening through the relay of um like the, the dress run happening and there's a bit in the show where you have to improv a little bit. Yeah. And you're like talking to Becca and all of a sudden you just go, Oh look, there's LJ coming.
0: <laughs> it was like his name's Craig, but okay. <laughs> I didn't even the thing was I didn't even notice that happened until I came back and everyone was just looking at me, laughing. I was like, "What?" And they're like, "You just went." LJ's just coming on stage. I was like, "What?" The hell? But the thing was, I don't even know. I because remember I came back and I was like, "You sure it was me?" And Positive. Daughter, I was like, I, "I don't." I still don't recall we even seeing it. <laughs> like I was like, "When did that even happen?"
1: Um, my least favorite behind-the-scenes moments. We're trying to get that face paint off.
0: Oh, was that hard? I remember you just showed me your hands.
1: For some reason, it stained my hands, so I had blue face paint to look like William Wallace. It stained my hands, but didn't stain my face. But I came off, had to run off, Because I was supposed to be a part of the next scene and then I very quickly discovered that wasn't happening. But I don't know, I just felt under so much pressure because I was doing a costume change for you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, get it off, get it off. I was also wearing a white shirt that I didn't want to get blue face paint all over.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was just, it wasn't fun. And also theatres are typically very hot. It's fucking June. I'm a fat cunt that's sweating all the time. Like, I'd literally just have, like, a blue drip running down my face. And I've only put it on two minutes, and so I was like, great, great. <laughs> Do you have a least favourite
0: A least favourite, probably. <laughs> so, I think definitely my least favourite was when I, when I got my gummy leg when I'm my my ankle. <gasps> so when I went to my ankle and I was like every everywhere, so I didn't see any like I didn't see it to anybody because I didn't want to cause a scene. But I remember with the football scene, everybody was like, you know, because I've got my head down in one of the football scenes, and um, I think it's second act third that something like that. Both, facts. it's scene
1: seen, uh, four.
0: Scene four, yeah, not for five. Scene four. Facts, it's um, not that long. And I've got my head down and then I had my ankle. I don't know who it was, but somebody like went on it when they jump up for the yay. Yes! And I was like, Ooh! Do you remember when um Lynn came up with the P's and just gave me them?
1: I love Lynn so far. Lynn is I think I think I can say this wholeheartedly confidence, and please do not take offense to this. Lynn is my favourite person I met on Alba.
0: Oh I would yeah, i would probably agree.
1: Yeah, like don't take offence, I love you I'm but Lynn is great Lynn's so great, I love Lynn so much I
0: think she's such a genuinely good person all around and it was like a million thing, like I did not even ask, she just went I'm gonna go get you these and I was like oh came back with really, me like frozen peas and like was making sure I was okay, she was like picking her feet up and something um, and even when I was so afraid, when we were doing the show and I was so nervous before it, I remember Lynn came up to me and she was like you're gonna do amazing, like Nobody's gonna die. You need to realise that you are gonna go in there, smash it. I think I think my favourite scene when we were doing it was definitely the part where Brandon, who plays Peter, messed up the um the, the line and got them back to front. Yeah. And then I mean and I've had to i probably was like
1: So basically for context, um I do um a rap that is uh, all about Robert Burns and uh, it's very Hamilton-ish inspired. And the, the characters in, in this play pick up on that and they speak about it. Um, and this is how they speak about it. On you go, Chris.
0: Yeah, so um, there was two lines that got mixed up and the first line was meant to be, he's like, oh my God, it's so cool. And I go like, Peter? I no. So it's very like a joke to dismiss it all. But the issue was, was the order and then the second one after that was the one where I speak to the audience. The issue was those two get mixed up. So I had to kind of adapt to that and it didn't match what was going to be said next. So I had to improv and it was like, yeah, we've never seen a
1: song, right? Yeah. And I was like, what's my line? What the fuck is my line? And I was like, yes, yes we, we have haven't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then I was like, oh, it's my standing ovation line. It's fine because this is a joke. We'll we'll distract them. Um, Did you steal anything from the set? No,
0: no. I didn't. I mean, I got my lunchbox stolen, but I
1: got it back. You didn't get it uh, stolen, you fucking left it. <laughs> left. Do you know, that I will fully tell you this story. We were on the bus going back to the train station and you were texting away saying, when can I get it off you and stuff? And I was fully just in the bus like, buy a new one. Buy a fucking new one. It's a fucking lunchbox.
0: I missed my lunchbox.
1: Um, I, I didn't steal anything either. I did keep... um. Because I was going to throw it away, but then I was like, oh, keep sake. um, My little staff badge.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have anything I could keep, unfortunately, just because my costume did belong to just LG and the team that was it.
1: What was your favourite Paul moment, like, in the show?
0: I would probably say when Paul was having his revelation of realising that he doesn't want to be a waster and he wants everything to, to come back. And he starts apologising to Peter. And then Peter says to his boy, just like, shut up. He just goes back yeah. to his, like, at the end, he just snaps back to his own ways and then goes back to it. I think for me, that was definitely my favourite Paul moment because it just shows that Paul is still Paul, no matter what he's saying. Yeah.
1: Did everybody that you had come see it, did they enjoy
0: it? Oh like, Yeah, 100%. Um, I'd be a bit upset if somebody came me and was like, I'm man, you don't shite.
1: See, I'd rather know.
0: So, so personally, so with that, because I didn't have that, I think if I was told that, I would be like, because you don't know how you act, right, until like, you actually have something told to you. So in my head, I'm very like, I want all the negatives, but hearing the amount of nice things, it was such a nice thing to hear. That mm. like, people actually enjoyed it. Um, I think with my song as well, I know you're saying like that was your most nervous moment. I think that was mine as well. Um, yeah, but you're
1: actually like musically talented.
0: Well, thank you, thank you. Ingram. I can't
1: even fucking count and click in time.
0: But do you know what? You've done phenomenal. Like, they loved it. They did love it.
1: You're going to make me blush. It's a good job I don't use the video on this. um but we we are going to the fringe that is officially announced um so let's do like a fun what is in one word what can people expect from alba probably rapping rapping so um if you want to come along and see us from the second to the thirteenth of August at Gilded Balloon at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, ticket links are down below. Come and see it, come and have a bit of fun. And I don't know are you still getting a free caramel wafer? Who knows? I'll ask Jack.
0: I'll ask Jack.
1: I'll ask Jack, probably not, but um you can bring your own. You can bring your own. Um, We're going to play a game now. This game is my favorite thing in the world. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And it's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth and have been submitted by listeners. One of them is a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. And we've got to find out which one is the lie. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope here with your name on it, which won't focus. Um, But I love these. And I read these earlier and they're a bit mental. So we've got to find out which one's the lie. Number one, my best friend got fined by our drama school for shitting herself in a classroom. Number two, a guest lecturer told me I was too fat to be in West End musicals. A month later, her car was torched. Coincidence? I couldn't possibly say. Number three, during an audition, I was talking about rehearsals and asked a guy how flexible he was. He replied, well, my boyfriend likes it when I put my ankles around my neck. He very quickly realised where he was and apologised. I thought it was hilarious but I was asking about his schedule, not his actual flexibility. Oh. I want all of them to be true, because I've had a dick lecturer whose car I did want to torch, I didn't. I believe that somebody told someone they were too fat to be in the West End, but I yeah. don't believe that they torched their car.
0: So, well, the tar- car could have been taught. Did they say it was them who torched
1: it? Uh, not by them. They said coincidence, I couldn't possibly say, which leads me to believe that it was them if it happened. Mm.
0: The first one I'm a bit hesitant about because it's
1: like... Yeah, if you shit yourself in drama school, are you leaving it there to, like, for somebody else to find?
0: Yeah, and are they going to know that it's that person?
1: I don't know. The third one, the third one I could see happening in a certain context if there was, like, actual bodily flexibility required for the show. I could see an idiot going, well, my boyfriend likes it when I put my ankles around my head
0: yeah i would yeah i would see this, this one's definitely true so i would i would stick on that that one's true
1: i'm gonna go for number two you say number two we a lie. don't yeah we don't have to agree
0: i'm gonna say number one's a lie
1: i'm gonna open the envelope and we'll find out the answer number one yes yes you're joining <laughs> the hall you're joining the hall of fame let's go and if you're listening at home and you've got a story for stage right or stage shape, right, please go down into the show notes below and click the link to the Google form and submit your story. Or you can email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. We have a closing tradition on the podcast where I asked the previous guest to leave a question for the current guest. They don't know who they're asking and you won't know who you're asking, but the question and I'll answer to. but the question that has been left for you from our previous guest is... What is the thing you spend the most time worrying about? That's quite a deep question. It is a deep question. So I'm gonna answer based on the industry. And the thing that I worry about constantly is not being good enough. Because it's all fine and dandy going through drama school and being good in drama school and being good at that amateur level of professionalism. But what if I go into a professional audition and I'm not good enough? Because I've got no backup plan.
0: Yeah, I think for me and is <laughs> As low self esteem as it sounds, I think it's just not being liked or being disliked. I think that. No, during... well you don't
1: want to see the ALBA group chat that we've got without you in it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, during school, um, a lot of the fr- my older friends that I grew up with turned their back on me when we went to secondary school. So, and, and I think it's been like a recurring kind of tradition, like throughout my life, that people have ended up tending to this me and I never find out why and it is very helpful for me. So I think for me it's definitely one thing that's always like okay, take down it's like, fuck, did they not like me if I said something wrong, if i done something wrong. Well yeah. I like you. So Oh thank you I like you too.
1: And Tanya likes you because I messaged her when I found out that you went there and I was like, <laughs> I'm doing a show with Chris Nickel.
0: Did she not think it was another Chris Nickel though? I think she did. <laughs> I think I think she did i've not
1: spoke to her since for a while though i'm, I'm probably going to be getting in contact with her soon about something um so i'll talk to her about it then and see if she yeah. knows which one you actually are i guess God. i i do think she thought you were another chris nickel i'm, I'm not gonna lie to you no she did yeah i didn't
0: even know <laughs> there was two so you know
1: what question would you like to leave for the next guest it doesn't have to be about acting where can everyone follow you on social media to keep up to date with what you're doing?
0: Instagram, ChristopherNickel.2000, I think. I think
1: that's oh the <laughs> I'm getting it up. Yeah, ChristopherNickel.2000, but everything's linked down in the show notes for you all. So thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Genuinely, it's been such a pleasure. And I feel like I've got my, my Chris fix because we've been away from each other for what, what day? Is it Tuesday? Oh. A whole what? Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday, month. Three days we haven't seen each other. Feels like a lot longer than three days. Yeah,
0: it's been uh, it does. It does. I'm getting my You I I like you like nicotine? You know nicotine? I you am literally,
1: l- literally. 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 <laughs> um but genuinely thank you so much for coming on and doing this. It's been it's been lovely to see you again.
0: It has and it's been lovely to see your cute face too. Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 145 completed. Thank you so much to Chris for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media and you know where you'll find those links, down in the show notes below. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not tell someone about it? Leaving us a rating and a review will recommend us to other listeners and help the podcast grow. And while you're at it, don't forget that if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Shy, please click the link to the Google form in the show notes and submit your story or email us at Pod at gmail.com com. Don't forget that you can now become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below. I'll be back again next Tuesday with a brand spanking new episode. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love ya. Drama School
0: Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout don't you hold course, now try something new Try my school girl